Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Hooked. This is the podcast where we give you lots of plot hooks for you to include in your games or just whatever you're doing. Just take some inspiration. We're giving it to you for free. That's what we do. I'm Zane C. Weber here with my reliable co-hosts. Dom, the reliable. And 100% organic, Tully Grimley. Are you 100% organic? Yeah, do you have any fillings or anything there, bud? I think I might be 100% organic, actually. Jesus well, Christ. Yeah. I'm, like, I, I've, well, I'm covered well. in scars I'm definitely not chemical-free, but I am 100% <laughs> organic. Oh, yeah. I'm, I've got like, a bunch of scars and surgeries that have been done on me over the years, so yeah. Well, I guess that's our getting-to-know-you question out no, of the way. actually, I think it might not be, but we'll get back to that. Uh, what we do here, if you're listening for the first time, is we... We take inspiration from artwork, usually a Magic the Gathering card, and we take turns forming a plot hook for you to use in your game. We do that in the form of a magic trick. We start out with the seed of an idea, which is the pledge. Then we turn that idea into something more fleshed out, something that you might actually want to throw into your game. And then, finally, in the prestige, we discuss how your players might interact with our hook. Uh, getting to know you question. Did you have something other than like how many fillings do you have? No, I didn't. It's Tully's job. It's my job now. Okay. It's always been your job. <laughs> so what is the best change that you have ever made to published material? <sighs> best change. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting qualifier because, I mean, I very rarely leave published material the same. Usually adding in... NPCs or changing the way that NPCs relate depending on how characters react to them because it's it's a it's a trope that characters will latch on to one particular NPC and that <laughs> NPC might just be a name uh, and then you have to figure it out so usually like I'll swap like say there's a the driver of the caravan is not fleshed out but there's a rogue somewhere that is also that is meant to be the main NPC uh, and then they ignore the rogue and they latch on to the driver that maybe the driver is also the rogue etc something like that like yeah, usually the guiding the little... yeah interpersonal relationships I think is like letting the characters choose who they relate to and not letting that detract from the published story yeah yeah, yeah. that's fair um, I mean I've never run from a from a playbook or anything before or, uh, like one of the published materials or anything like on the occasions where I have DM'd I have created everything from whole cloth really um, I mean when I've, there have been occasions where I've played uh, classes and I've kind of changed the um, f- 
flavor of how mm. they work a bit, uh, which is, yeah, that. I mean, that counts. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, I've mentioned one of my previous characters uh, before, it was Sigrun, who was a, uh, a dwarf paladin of Conquest, um, where, you know, the whole thing is that with Conquest is that you're evil and you want to strike fear into hearts and rule the world. And I reflavored that as just, like, Sigrun is, uh, her religion is about experiencing all the emotions of combat and one of the, like, you feel joy and your opponents feel terror at, at the, uh, at the, the death that is coming to them. So I reflavored it from she's evil and wants to see people suffer to she just is all about the thrill and violence and emotions of combat. Yeah. So it almost takes on a barbarian sort of approach. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. There was, there was definitely uh, an element of that, but like honoring, honoring their God by like reveling in that, uh, in the emotions of that come out when people clash on the battlefield, like the purity of that. Hmm. What about you, Tully? Um, so personally, I'm a big fan of various effects that happen in, in the games, but uh, as, as I've spoken about on my other podcast, I'll plug that at the end. Um, but we did... Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, we did some changes to the uh, long-term madness, to, to the indefinite mad- madness table, which actually got used in a game that I'm playing in, uh, that one of my co-hosts was DMing. Yeah. Um, so in the published materials, the the long term madness is very sort of shallow. Uh, it kind of it they are yeah they're very shallow and very one dimensional. I want to kill everyone I'm around. Um, it's pretty yeah. It just doesn't have much meat to it. Uh, so we reflavored that to be based on a lot of um, symptoms of psychiatric breaks. Yeah. Uh, and so one of our characters has actually ended up taking on delusions of grandeur. Um, which was based off the, the Jesus complex. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so now he believes he is the um, he believes he is the rightful heir to the throne, and will do anything to earn his place there. Yeah. In our last campaign, we had a character who wound up being like that, but it wasn't really treated as madness. That's just kind of how Hoju was. <laughs> <laughs> and if Matt, if Matt was here. Uh, this week, he would probably try to defend himself a little bit there, but he's not. And he didn't want to be king. He just wanted to supply arms to the king. Well, yeah, and he also, <laughs> by the end of the campaign, genuinely believed that he was the oh, chosen yes. one of a god. <laughs> like, he believed that he, like, he was he fulfilling was a prophecy. Mm. To be fair, the god told him that, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> to be fair, wasn't that god evil and that, and died at the end as well? No, what? no, that he was, it was the good god that told him that, oh, sure. which made him even more insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, well, let's get on to the meat of the episode. So we have chosen a card called Desert Twister. Now, the artwork is by Noah Bradley. Uh, do either of you want to describe what it is that we're looking at here so it's in a it's in a desert and there appears to be a giant tornado in the background that someone is fleeing from uh the tornado has like an odd sort of texture to it where it almost looks like it could be made of like stone or something stone yeah or water, water. Yeah, if it's yeah. water yeah maybe yeah yeah it's odd though because yeah it, it, it just, it's like there's no water spraying anywhere it's just an odd looking texture but yeah it's it's interesting looking yeah, so it is. Um, so the the effect is destroy target permanent, and the flavor text is massive, mindless, and imbued with one terrible purpose. Mm, ominous. Ominous. Um, so you all have your 
inspiration category cards. Does anyone have a... Uh, and the word this week... Oh, yes, the word. ...is overeat. Overeat. Now, that one's a fun one because we're in a desert. Mm. Hey. <laughs> I'm more like overheat. Am I right, folks? Hey. Uh, I have something. Yes, uh, please. So, in this setting, uh, this this is kind of an important part to a set to the setting to begin with is uh, over the course of a lot like years to centuries uh, there is a, a sort of vortex between the world that this that the uh, campaign is set on uh, where material matter and the ground and water kind of just over time is flowing away from the planet and kind of forming another planet in orbit and the it kind of it, it's believed that it's been happening for as long as anyone knows that it. it's it's quite well well recorded that this is something that happens mm. where uh, the mass of the planet decreases and decreases over time as it is sucked up into the atmosphere and forms into another planet and then eventually the people of the planet need to travel to the other planet and build and re- rebuild their civilization there. Wizard of Oz style. I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, it, but like the plant, it's not that you're getting taken away to Oz on a twister. It's like every every few hundred years, the world is destroyed, but everyone just goes, "All right, over to the other world. Let's rebuild civilization," and it's become part of the setting that this happens. And I, the camp, the campaign will perhaps begin. Like, if you want it to be a longer running thing, it could begin uh, at a different point, and they're like, "Hey, the twister is over there. The the vortex is over there." And but it's, and at some point, it's like, "All right, the time has come." We will swap planets now. Okay. Interesting. That's a really big pledge. I like it. I'm interested to see where this goes from here. Oh, no, right. <laughs> mm. uh, do you have something, Tully, or would you like me to go? Absolutely, I do. Uh, so, we come across uh, a vast desert. Now, encampments all around the outside, but it seems like this desert is impassable, and rumour rumor has it that if you try and uh, cross this desert, no matter how much how many supplies you bring, no matter how much rations, how much water, eventually you will starve and you will die and your desiccated body will be torn to sand by the Desert Twister. This is... Ow. Mm. <laughs> this is what everyone has come to know of this desert. It is impassable and nobody has ever lived to tell of crossing it. But of course, no band of adventurers would... Uh, would shy away from a challenge such as this. <laughs> Not the ones in my campaign right now. <laughs> Currently trapped in a desert. So, as they cross, uh, the dry, featureless dunes, they yield nothing. No life, no food, nothing at all. And as your adventurers start to start to run out of rations, start to run out of food, they, they get turned around, they get lost, they can't see the edge of things, and it's starting to look dire. And, and just when they think it couldn't get any worse, over the horizon, the desert twister seems to, to follow them. Mm. Right. So when they couldn't get any worse, it gets worse. Yes. Okay. So uh, similarly, I'm going to be starting uh, in... So your, your, your team has to cross a desert, uh, but they are given a map or something where there's like oases along the way that if you like bunny hop from one to the other to the other you can make your way through the desert it's tough and you have to be lucky but it's not unachievable Um, so on that travel they come across an oasis that 
is not on the map. And the oasis is a little bit more abundant than other oases that they have, uh, full of like fragrant fruit and, and like foodstuffs and pure clear water. But when they try to harvest any of this fruit or come near any of the bigger plants, they are going to be attacked by said fruit and said plants. Uh, so it is, and so that, that gives you the initial conflict. On the other side of the oasis, they're going to run into some people who are dressed kind of plainly in white and look kind of gaunt and very hungry. And they each have a special sickle that they can harvest these things from and eat them no problem at all. Uh, and as they eat these things, they are gorging themselves becoming very muscular and and filled out and healthy looking and that's my pledge what a pledge mm. what a pledge big pledge We're doing big pledges this week it's, uh, that is that is overeat <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. All right. So uh, we have the, uh, let's, let's go back to Dom with yeah, the, right. with the, uh, the planets, the two planets. Yes. All right. So what ha- what the, where the players come into this is basically that the there is a, like a, a concerted organized effort to transition civilization over to the other play the other world and make sure that everything is done smoothly that everyone makes it across that we're in a position where we can rebuild quickly. It's happened. It it's happened many times over the millennia. Over the millennia. It, it's it's a th- it's a known thing, so it's a bit unusual when the party is called upon to run security this time, because it's believed that someone or a group of people is planning to disrupt the transition, and it's it's unknown in what way, but there have just been threats and rumors and whispers in the shadows that this is that this this transition is going to go awry somehow. And so the party is going. It's going to, at the very least, be an investigation thing set in set on the world before the transition happens. Uh, chiefly, I would think, uh, where they're trying to track down who is planning to do it, what they're planning to do, whether they're trying to disrupt the transition itself, whether they're planning to disrupt the vortex, or if, like, perhaps they are. There is a power planning to supplant the uh, the government or whatever and take control of the other world before it, before it can be properly established or in a sort of coup yeah so is this is this like a single government or single single kind of like organization that you they're, they're expecting treachery or is it like an organization of like several different parties that are like yeah so basically it's got it's, I think that it's a kind of UN sort of situation right uh, yeah where you know the different nations have their differences, but this is one thing. It happens every few hundred years. They've been doing it for as long as for longer than anyone knows. 
and it is kind of a sacred thing. The like, if the transit, if the transition is disrupted, you're risking the entirety of the world and everyone on the in the world's existence. Yeah. Um. So, this it's 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 sacred and it's kind of unheard of that anyone would try to do this. It's like it's hallowed ground that you would try to do this. So yeah, they don't really know how to react, how to investigate, and the party will need to do it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, inserting a party into uh, intrigue. That's yeah, great. Intrigue, yeah. but on a, a cosmic scale. Apocalyptic <laughs> Super intrigue. dangerous yeah, intrigue. Exactly. Uh, and what are we calling it? The tipping point. A tipping point. I like it. What about you, Tully? How are we? How are we expanding? So are we turning uh, as this as, as the storm appears to uh, as the storm appears over the horizon. People, uh, the party has a, a choice to to avoid it or to go towards it to try and find some sort of way of getting out of this situation but no matter which way they go it seems to follow and the more weary they get the more the less food the less water that they have it seems to speed up and to be coming closer until eventually it it is bearing down on them at alarming rate and as the tempest manages to engulf them all they find themselves not torn to dust as promised but greeted by a welcoming party inside the tornado inside the tornado welcome to the village (laughs) I I am number two you are number six (laughs) welcome to the Tempest Hospital we're here for you, we have supplies and water and we have healing, we have homes would you like to rest your Pokemon while you're here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh, this is the, the Tempest Hospital Okay, so in, in 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 the lead up, is there like a need for hospital? Um, so like like I is is it is it assumed that like so the desert travel is actually quite taxing, or is there like encounters along the way and they're like the, this twister is finding people in need, or is it? I mean, this might wait for the turn, but yeah. Mm. Uh, so this this twister did find people in need. Um, so this is designed to be sort of after they've gone through a little bit. Um, I'm sort of... I don't think there should be encounters of sorts, or if they are, they should be fairly ethereal. No creatures of sort wandering the desert. I feel like it should be very inhospitable um, to anything living. Yeah. Um, and so this is more after days and days of, of travel and starvation and weariness... Uh, they're exhausted, they're tired, they're hungry. Okay, and, and what did we call it? The Tempest Hospital. The Tempest Hospital. Uh, okay, so we'll go back to my oasis in the desert. Uh, so obviously, either your players are going to be suspicious and try and fight these people. They're not going to put up much of a fight. I think that communication might be a bit of an issue. Uh, or they're going to join in with them and use their sickles to eat the plenty of this oasis um, however not too long after this happens there is going to be a rumbling in the distance and that is when the the, the card effect is going to happen there is going to be a stony uh, twister that comes through and basically rips everything to shreds uh, scatters the plants far and wide across the desert and these these simple clad people who are now quite hearty and healthy and well fed are going to retreat back to their underground desert village uh, where your players are going to find out that they 
are going to lose that healthiness and heartiness in a day's time because this is a cycle. This is a curse that has been placed on them for stealing from a uh, primordial genie's oasis. Uh, And so they are stuck here subsisting on the offerings of the oasis and trying not to die. So they're basically trapped in the center of the desert. If your players have eaten from the oasis, they now suffer from that as well. What it comes down to is basically after a long rest, every hour that passes before they eat more food from the oasis is one level of exhaustion. Um, So yeah, so they are basically tied there until they can somehow either break or negotiate freedom from the curse. And so that's the Primordial's Curse. Okay. Cool. Or the Primordial's Oasis. Which do you prefer better? I think the Oasis. Mm. I think the Oasis. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the tipping point. How yeah. how are your players going to interact in this game? Like, what, how, yeah. how is it going to kind of play out? So, the, again, back to, I think, e- uh, intrigue and espionage sort of sort of thing. I think there's a few ways you could play it. You could play it as a more traditional sort of thing, but I think that the more interesting way to do it is this is a scenario with a built-in time limit. Like, there is a clock ticking uh, where there is a narrow window between uh, where in which it's safe to transfer over to the other, the other world where the mass of the current world is breaking down and it's going to start rapidly accelerating after a certain point. Mm. And that's also a point where the other world is now areas on it are settling and kind of kind of coming to shape where it's there are places it's safe to settle and then you can spread out from um, once once the surrounding areas are more constructed so there is like a day or two in which everyone like is going to have to get an airships or teleport or any however however way they get across and that is kind of the only point where the players will be able to disrupt the plans yeah so the gameplay is going to be putting in the effort, finding out as much information you can, you can, getting allies, weakening the opponent to a point where on that final that final day, the players have to have to have done enough preparation and uh, done the groundwork where they're able to know what the plan is, know who's involved, where they're going to strike, and how they can stop it. Yeah. Yeah. So you could, you, you yeah, could yeah. yeah, and you can have like, so sorry. Um, that you can have a number of different. Again, I, I it's the details. I, I think a bit like agnostic as well. Like whether or not it's a a coup that's going to take over the new world or disrupt the um, disrupt the vortex, that sort of thing. It's whatever it is. The, what's important is that the players need to get the pieces together enough that they have what like they have they have time and then they have one day to where it all needs to pay off. Yeah. So, Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They reach the tipping point and there's no way back. But yeah. I think that's a really interesting way because it is uh, kind of uh, very heavy intrigue. So it encourages like social aspects rather than like just combat. Yeah. Or, uh, but it's also exploration as yeah, well. Exactly. I think yeah. that, yeah, you, like there's going to be like a, the nobles throw a big party, like the, oh, we're transferring to the new world <laughs> party. Well, end of the world party. Yeah. And so the, you, know, you, you mingle with the hobnobs and try to figure out if any of them what, know what the deal is, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, you can, and presumably like crime might take an uptick as, uh, as the, the day approaches, that sort of thing. Yeah. So like there's a lot going on where they can get involved. And also, I think, crucially, a lot of things that could distract them. Yeah, absolutely. I think even if, like, 
because that kind of dire end of the world thing, you could definitely make it a bit uh, uh, like Elysium esque. Sure. So bring class into it. Like the, yeah. pe- the nobles are maybe are definitely going to get there alive. Yeah. Um, but the maybe the underclasses are less likely yeah, to the, make it there. The alive. nobles are teleporting, and the uncl- underclasses are cramming onto airships yeah. that might get hit by debris mid flight. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that might be an interesting way to bring it in as well. Yeah. All right. So let's... uh, The tipping point. So let's go back to the Tempest Hospital. Yes. So as as you are weary and quite possibly injured and exhausted, you partake in the the hospitality of the Tempest Hospital. You happily drink the, the water they give you, eat the food that they give you, take shelter where they where they provide. But um, you notice while they are very forthcoming with what they give to you, they themselves are not eating too much. They're not drinking too much. In fact, they seem quite concerned about their supplies. And once you are feeling back to yourself, back at your strength, they, they ask, well, uh, we hope we've, we've been of help to you, but um, we are running quite low on, on supplies. There's not much to take and oh, a lot of people is. to give. Um, <laughs> we've been, uh, we've been uh, we were established in search of, of weary travellers to, to help them make it through the desert, but we've not been able to let anyone go. And, well, we're running quite low ourselves. Do you think <laughs> that you could help lead us through the desert and find some way to replenish? Ah, see, here I was thinking you were going like, well, I'm afraid we're going to have to eat you. <laughs> what is it with you people and cannibalism? Well, I thought he, See, I thought no, Tully no. might have taken inspiration yeah. from our pre-recording conversation. Our yeah. pre-recording conversation about uh, cannibalism. <laughs> I mean, like, for, for reference, the campaign that I'm running at the moment, three out of five players are now just doing cannibalism and they haven't even run out of food yet. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, okay. you, are, you are enlisted to the Tempest Hospital Uh a group that is well-meaning but uh, and wishes only to see tra- travellers survive, but that has now overextended itself, overeaten, you could say, uh, and, <laughs> and must now find a way to either disband or to replenish its supplies. So they, sorry, they take, they take weary and wounded travellers in and heal them up, but then they don't let them go? They're just trapped in the hospital? They can't let them go. Have you ever tried to no, put, okay, pull something okay. out of a tornado? Okay, so they like they <laughs> they physically like can't actually get them out of there. Okay, mm. so the the enchantment that that basically they started to help people is has entrapped them. Mm. But okay, and so even if like have See, uh, I, so are they are they kind of are they are they kind of foolish these people? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, so I like here a well-meaning group. Yeah. Um, which I took to mean they mean well, but what they're doing is not great. Yeah, like I, I like to think that they've taken in the reason that no one has ever made it across the desert, even though no they've matter, taken in yeah, everyone, no matter how well prepared. Like they just see someone who's like got an air conditioned like truck going across the desert, like has supplies for years in the back, and it's just like, ah, oh, we must rescue this poor and weary traveler. Like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, so that is the Tempest Hospital. <laughs> Um, okay, so back to the primordial oasis or the primordials oasis. Um, I think there is so when your players are interacting with this, I think you give them it's a straight 50 50. Um, the, the actual people, the settlement, and they're not interested in figuring this out, like they are either exhausted or overeating or they're 
they're, they're, and you can't really communicate with them because they're speaking like an old language. Um, so I think, but I think they do have an altar where they put like the, the few fruits that they've brought back at the altar. And this is a communication with the primordial who has cursed them. Now, I mentioned the Wizard of Oz before. I'm going to make it very Aussian. It's going to be a big... As was very blustery, <laughs> fucking uh. <laughs> a, a big blustery, like fear me sort of genie person, who then sees that you're new and have new things, and then turns into a Robin Williams kind of genie, and is like, ah, I want what you have. Tell me, tell me about these things that you carry. Um, and so, uh, either you can, if your party is a bit trigger happy, you will have to fight the genie to release uh, during the big blustery or if you just try to talk to him it will uh, they, they might turn into an ally and like be be willing to end this curse because they themselves are also trapped here mm. maintaining this curse I do think a djinn would be a hell of a, uh, an ally in a desert yeah well get you out of the desert pretty quickly mm-hmm. um so yeah, I think I think that is that is a way to play it, and then you also have this this group of people who are going to be uh, indebted to you either way if you succeed. Um, but yeah, I think I, I really like the the idea of this ancient primordial spirit who has just been dealing with these same boring people going through this cycle over and over again because of spite, and then sees you have a telescope. Tell me about this telescope, uh, or like. What? Uh, what? A hurdy-gurdy? Tell me about oh. this instrument. What is <laughs> What is this cheesecake of which you speak? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I think you can definitely buy them off by giving them mm. gifts of things that they've never seen before yeah. um, and then taking them to a place where these things exist. I also appreciate the... Uh, especially if, you, if you've got a party that actually cares about the people around them, um, the fact that once you have sort of completed the the encounter of sorts you've you've won over the genie in one way or another you now have a group of people who are weary and cursed who you are then kind of morally obligated to help out of the desert well i I think that they know the way out of the desert so like if you defeat the genie in that way they can show you the way out of the desert like it's still going to be a trek still going to be difficult but they know the way Hmm. it's just they are trapped here because they need to stay here to eat and not die um and so they are basically immortal but they are suffering forever because they stole the genie's food god i this is sort of an extension of what's going on but i personally would love to see as they guide you out of the desert just one by one the oldest of them starts to (laughs) wither and fade away and just crumble as you're as you're leaving wow way to make that dark i wanted to end on a robin williams energy uh but no we're ending on a what 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 indiana jones was it yeah uh raiders of the lost ark yeah (laughs) that's dark man yep okay well those are the uh the those are the things those those are the hooks for this week uh so if you've enjoyed them feel free to use them in your in your home games uh so as always we're produced under a creative commons attribution on commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license which means that you're free to share and redistribute the material in any medium or format if you give appropriate credit but don't use the material for commercial purposes and don't remix transform or build upon the material in any way without asking for our permission first 
but yeah let us know reach out on social media if you've used any of these um I am in the throes of planning an entirely new homebrew world and I am re-listening to all of these episodes and harvesting all the ideas. Oh boy. That is what I am doing. Yeah, Zane's just like hearing my crazy ambitious fucking two worlds collapsing story and he's going, uh, oh man, I've got to incorporate that now, that real, oh no. We are holding you to it. Every single yeah, hook every that single appears hook. on this podcast uh, will be in this new world. I, I, I won't promise every single hook, but I will say that that particular problem there, not a problem for inclusion in my game. Oh, uh, it is going to be a weird one. So uh, I will keep you updated as the planning stages. Can't wait to be, be in that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I definitely have time for another campaign. <laughs> Until then, I have been Zane Seaweber here with... I'm Dom Gilfoyle. You can also find me on the Mistome Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality, an audio series written, performed and edited by me. It's quite good, or so people tell me, and it has returned as of the release of this episode. I yes. Uh, no, one uh, more week after this. No, it has not technically... Last last episode, you would have heard me saying, yeah, it's come out by now, and then it didn't. But as <laughs> of this episode's release, an announcement has happened. It's coming back from the 7th of August. Listen, please. And review, please. <laughs> and uh, I've been Tully Grimley. You can catch me every other Wednesday on Dungeon Deep Dive, where we do a deep dive into various aspects of fantasy world building. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, episodes coming up before the release of this episode, including one on ogres and one looking at flags. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I know, very interesting. <laughs> but if you've ever wondered about the relevance of flags in your world, it's absolutely worth checking out. Uh, it's just a, a long, long ramble on all sorts of tiny aspects to make them interesting in the world. I always wonder about the relevance of flags in my game. So until then, keep playing games, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hello all you beautiful people, I'm Jared, and I'm the host with the most of That Random Podcast. Have you ever wondered what nurses do when they aren't saving lives, or what DJs do when they aren't spinning decks? Each week, me and a guest, and along with you, the listener, will dissect and look deep into these types of topics. It's heartfelt, funny, and filled with <laughs> OMG moments. But I won't tell you any, you'll have to come and listen for yourself. Just search That Random Podcast and have fun listening. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.